Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned in to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host for the evening, Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. This is where Chicago's Black Business Network members come to share their business ventures and visions with you, the Blog Talk Radio audience, and the world. These discussions can be political, musical, or entertaining. They can be serious or fun. Tell us what's on your mind tonight. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our chat rooms are open. We're here every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. right here on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn.
Chicago's Black Business Network.com on Blog Talk Radio for Tuesday, January 18th, 2011. Is time going fast for you? Don't let it catch up with you. Do everything you can. Get as much accomplished as you can. Don't let the days just pass you by. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and your host for this evening's show. CBBN on Blog Talk Radio is a promotional tool for the members of Chicago's Black Business Network. This is where our members come to share their business visions and ventures with you, the Blog Talk Radio audience. These discussions can be political, musical, or entertaining. They can be serious or fun, but they're always about your vision. 
As a matter of fact, a new lineup for 2011 fills all those requirements. On Mondays from 3.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., tune into our new show, Check Out Chicago, with host and actress Keisha Nicole. It's about art. It's about entertainment. It's about Chicago. Keisha will be featuring special guests each week from the arts to entertainment industry, so watch our show pages for details. Also, Keisha Nicole is the founder of the Bronzeville Theater here in Chicago. If you have an interest in theater, if you're an actor, you may want to contact her here right on right on CBB on Blog Talk Radio. That's Mondays at 3.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. for Check Out Chicago. And I want to tell you, it never, never fails when I, I'm doing one of these Blog Talk Radio shows. For some reason, and I don't know if they get the call-in numbers confused, People start calling me when I go on the show, and I, I just can't figure it out. They start calling me, leaving messages, haven't called me all day. It's, it's very interesting. That's why I was distracted. Someone was calling me. I'm not supposed to be distracted, though, am I? Um, also, CBBN on Block Talk Radio can be political and serious. Following this show at 7.30 p.m. will be the Consumer Show with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil. This is where Mr. McNeil will answer your questions about real estate, business law, consumer protection rights, and your political and legal questions. So be sure that you stay tuned and call somebody that you know who may currently have some concerns about their mortgages or loans and ask them to join us and speak to Mr. McNeil. Um, and I got this flu is going around, too. Hope, you, hope you're doing well out there. That's the Consumer Show right here after us at 7.30 p.m. on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. And we want our members to stay tuned for Derek's show because he wants to talk about your business. What type of business do you have? What kind of business concerns do you have? Um, talk to him. Ask him some questions. That's why we're here. This is what we do. We do this every week. Spread the word. Come over and be a part of what we do. Okay? Now, uh, we don't want to forget that Black Wall Street USA has been running for a whole year, since December of 2009. We're on the air every Thursday evening, 7 p.m., 9 p.m. to 9 p.m. The host is Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and you know he's a candidate for alderman over there in the 17th Ward, the Inglewood, Grand Crossing, Albert Gresham, and and that area over there. You can listen to all our shows which we have over 100 shows now at the present time in our archives right here on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbm. As the show go on, I'm going to sip me a little tea and sit back. I'm taking this little uh, lemon, maple syrup, uh, cayenne pepper. I, I'm really peppering it up. It's supposed to clean you out real good. So by the time the uh, show is over, I should, I should be all cured. Black Wall Street is also broadcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. at WJPCChicago.com. Also, we have another station in Seattle, Washington, who was asked to pick up the show. So we're growing here. We're growing here. I want you to come over and advertise with us, too. We're growing here. Uh, we're going to move to a few other stations called Syndication. And uh, I enjoy doing this. I, I said on one show or the other show that uh, I understand, really understand now what it means to find uh, what, you, what you love, do what you love. Now, soon, this show, CBBN Member Show, this is the show for our members, and the Consumer Show will be rebroadcast on those stations also. So 
check the program schedule on WJPC Chicago. We've already discussed that that these shows will be rebroadcast, and you and it will show the times um, for those shows. But that's not all we're just getting started. Right now you're listening to CBB on Blog Talk Radio, the show designed as a promotional tool for the members of Chicago's Black Business Network. This show is open to each and every member, regardless who they are and no charge to them, to come on and tell us about what you do, connect with someone else. We have more than 700 members now. Join us today and touch the world. Wanted to let you know, if you have not opted to our email blast system, our email list, please go right to our page, Chicago's, with an S, blackbusinessnetwork.com, and click on the Join Our Mailing List banner right in the right-hand column on every page. And don't forget to come over and join us, complete your profile, and come a member, become a member of CBBN. I'm Sonia Purdue, the founder. Our call-in number is 347 Three two six nine four seven seven. The chat room is open. I've been a little weak on that chat room, but I did open up the chat room tonight. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. Press the number one if you would like to speak to myself or guest or host. If you'd like to leave a comment, leave your website links, leave your business address, tell us what you do, and we'll be happy to uh, share that information. We open up the show with a friend by CBBN member, Sylvia Frederick, and uh, we played that song quite a bit, and I really, really like that song. Sylvia has been a great supporter. We're also looking for some new music, so drop me an email on uh, the the Blog Talk Radio site, and uh, we'll get back to you. We certainly like some spoken words, some jazz, something really mellow, something really nice. Let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. Let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. This is our third show in this series, and we appreciate the support from our members who've called in and talked about their businesses and experiences. Starting with this show, we're going to reach out into our members' directory and share a little bit about some of our CBBM members who supported us and who who have helped us grow this past year. We can't do it alone. We could not do it alone. Um, I remember when I started this network, that was in 08. I was a loan officer, and that was the reason that I started it. Looking for a referral base, it says start your network, push the button. Uh, called another loan officer, asked him to come over. Oh, come over. to Let's, let's start a network. That's just it. And we did Walter Allen. Walter Allen is in the hospital, and I hope that he is doing well, and I hope to hear from him soon. And uh, he said, well, well, great. I'm going to invite my cousin over. Oh, he gets thousands of emails a day. So Mark S. Allen, Mark S. Allen, uploaded his database, and here we go. They started coming. And I'm very appreciative of Mark. I think he was like the third or fourth person that came, and I'm very appreciative of him, and he has been on some of our shows, Black Wall Street USA. He is the uh, on the board of Black Wall Street Chicago, so I see Mark all the time now. At that time, I did not know uh, about Black Wall Street or anything. I knew Walter Allen and I met Mark Allen. But this this week, starting this week, we're going to feature a member, one of our members every week, and this week's featured member is Stanley Martin. I've seen Stanley Martin and his wife at quite a few of the events that we've hosted. 
CBBN and Black Wall Street myself, and we appreciate him. We really do appreciate him for his, his outreach. Stanley is in the events business, so he absolutely understands how important it is to give support in order to receive support. This is from Stanley's CBBN profile page. ETS Events, which stands for Empower to Succeed Events, that's a great name too, is an event planning business specializing in hosting and facilitating community-based events. And in a few minutes, we're going to share one of his upcoming events with you, the details. ETS Events will primarily host and facilitate job fairs, business expos, and professional networking events. ETS Events' mission is to provide quality, cost-effective, and empowering empowering events to assist organizations in marketing and promoting their product or service to potential customers, prospects, and clients. And just a word for you future radio announcers, leave out the words that you have, that you have difficulty announce, pronouncing. Stanley tells us that we create events to provide venues for businesses and organizations to market and promote their product or service. We asked in our CBBN profile, what separates your business or service from others in the same industry? Their response was, we create our events to give you not just a place to exhibit your business, but we give access and exposure to community to the community. You can network and build your clientele through face-to-face interactions, and I believe that they certainly do. This is a dynamic platform to inform your potential clients and customers exactly who you are and how your company can uniquely benefit them. With small businesses rapidly gaining growth as the driving force that fuels our country's economy, ETS Events provides venues to market and promote your product or service. And ETS Events tells us we look forward to providing you with a winning platform to grow your business. I think we talked about this in a um, past show. You can't do it all by yourself. You simply cannot do it all by yourself. Figure out how to barter services, how to give your time, have someone exchange time with you in your organization, uh, give barter part money, part service, however you have to do it to get some assistance. I'm at that point now myself. Assistance even for small things that take a lot of your time. You need to I'm I'm into this strategic strategic marketing now. I'm trying to take a look at what I do on an hourly basis. And then is that profitable for me? Is it a priority for me? If it is a priority but still not profitable, then it will benefit me, will it not, to have someone else do that? for that particular hour, that particular task, since it is needed and contributes to the business. So I'm in an evaluation mode right now. Another reason Stanley Martin is a featured member tonight is because his organization, in conjunction with the South Street Journal, whose publisher and editor is Ron Carter, is having a community resource and job fair on January 25th. That's from 10 a.m., to 2 p.m. at Vine Elementary School at 7050 South Main. You can reach Stanley at 708-362-3125, 
3125. I'll post that information later in the chat room. It is on our website in the events section. Just go to Chicago's Black Business Network dot com and that event is listed. And also, once again, if you'd like to be on our email blast list, just go to the page on every page in the right hand column you see a join our mailing list banner. Push you on it, put your email address in and you would have gotten that banner today about that job fair. That's how we support our members. Uh, I heard some absolutely outstanding things about job fairs, about the job fairs that ETS events host. So please be sure to tell a friend, take a friend, take your resume. Let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. When you're picking up the telephone and you're sending those words and those thoughts out, let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. You're listening to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio with Sonia Cassandra Perdue. That's me. And stay tuned for the Consumer Story at 7.30 p.m. with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil. This evening, Mr. McNeil wants you to call in with questions about your mortgage foreclosures. That's what the subject is tonight. Everyone knows, everyone knows that Chicago's Black Business Network and this show, CBBN on Blog Talk Radio, are dedicated to the memory of Harold Washington, the first black mayor of Chicago. It is our way of giving respect to Mr. Washington's memory and keeping his name and contributions on the minds and hearts of our fellow Chicagoans. Just briefly, I went to one website and, and didn't care for the photo of him on that bio page. I looked below and saw a video of Fast Eddie, so I knew it was time for me to get off that page before I had attitude. But on one page, as it mentioned that Harold Washington was elected to Congress, it stated, and I quote, in Congress, Harold Washington became identified with black issues, especially the battle to extend the protections against discrimination offered by the voting rights Act of 1965. As we vote, people, I'm simply asking on February 22nd in Chicago, ask yourself if you're a candidate in your district, ward, state, wherever it may be, can be identified with black issues. You can ask the candidates. Mr. Rod, Rod Sawyer, candidate for alderman of the 6th Ward, will be our guest this Thursday right here on CBB and on Blog Talk Radio We've had past candidates. Now, Mr. Sawyer is out the sixth ward. We've had Cyron Smith, Robert Andre Smith, Ms. Diane Phillips out of the 19th ward. So be sure to listen to us every Thursday on Black Wall Street USA. Mr. Ron Carter, of course, you know, is Alderman, uh candidate for Alderman, Ooh, Alderman uh, the 17th ward. So every week we're going to have a little bit of what I like to call a Harold Washington moment, and we'll share a little information with you about our great mayor. Please call in and feel free to share any stories. Everybody's got a Harold Washington story. Any stories that you have about our mayor, be sure to listen in next week. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. Press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests, or if you have a question or comment, you need to press the number one in order to indicate to me that you'd like to come on the air. We're going to take a very short break, and we're going to be back right after this. We appreciate you. A successful special event can be very challenging and stressful at times. Our staff of professionals organizes your event down to every last detail, no matter what size your special event may be. Our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event. 
At Andy Clyde's, world-class service for our clients is standard. We can provide travel arrangements, accommodations, event sites, caterers, florists, photographers, transportation, hairstylists, and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests, and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save-the-date cards, and invitations. Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as dream weavers because we listen to what you want and get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www.ndclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above others. And remember, at Andy Clyde's, we are your Generations. It is the generation before this generation of madness that is mad, a legacy of insanity gifted to the children of the insane. No passing of discipline or traditions, but rites of guilt, pain, and plagues. A torch of sadness passes. It is the generation of sunshine that has left us sightless as the children of the blind lead us toward the millennium of darkness. The generation of choice has left us no choices as our world turns and we devour ourselves. We stare into the eyes of our children, a brilliant reflection of our image, and we blame them for what we see. happening out there. We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence and use guns and sometimes innocent people like you and me get caught in the middle of it. Well, what's wrong with them? Baby, I don't know. They need change in the life. Yeah. 
Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Purdue, your host for this evening. We appreciate uh, you call you're calling in this evening and taking the time to listen and be with us. You heard from one of our supporters, Andy Clyde, down there in Atlanta, Georgia. We appreciate Andy Clyde and his support. He's a national event player, so call him for all of your national events. You also heard an excerpt from my book, Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. You uh, were listening to the first tough questions. You may visit our website at www.askingourselvesthetoughquestions to find a few other tough questions listed there. Also, Common Ground, uh, that was Kosha that you were listening to. Kosha is going to be a guest in one of our upcoming shows. So listen for that announcement. She's either going to be on this show, a member show, or she either she's either going to be on Check It Out. So listen for that announcement very, very soon. We, we, we appreciate her. Uh, we've been playing that song pretty much for about six or seven months on Black Wall Street USA. That song has been opening up that show. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about my new publication, Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, which is now available on Amazon.com. Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions is a formalized five-part question and answer session that began in July of 2010 and ends with the last publication in 2014. This series of books will challenge black America to collectively engage in a dialogue that will initiate solutions hopefully, to our collective concerns and issues. Armed with the knowledge that we are without limitations in spirit or mind, we march forward together to fulfill the hopes and dreams of our people. My vision for the 2014 publication, Black America, Our Questions Answered, 
watch for our radio and television broadcasts where we travel America and ask the country the tough questions. You can visit us once again at askingourselfthetoughquestions.com. You can go to the blog section and answer the tough questions. This is what we're going to do. I announced the time last, I think last week, for this event. I've sort of changed the time on this. On Saturday, which is a Saturday, January 29th, we are going to host the first video recording of your answers to the tough questions right here at the office of South Street Journal, 449 East 35th Street, between 2.30 and 4.30 p.m., but you will need to make a reservation in order to come over and record your answers to the tough questions. Now, the book is available on Amazon.com. We will have some books available that day. We're going to pre-select the questions and we're going to hand them out to you as you come in, and you can have a discussion with the other people who are networking and serve some coffee and that type of thing, and you can uh, have discussion with other people who are networking here as we go in the back conference room and begin to record the answers to the tough questions, which, of course, we'll, rec- uh, we'll place on our Facebook or YouTube and, and all the little strange places out there that we can find everywhere that we can find out there. You can call me at 312 312- Two three nine eighty eight thirty five to make your reservation for that day. That's January twenty ninth, two thirty p.m. to three thirty p.m. We will be recording the answers to the questions. That's three one two two three nine eighty eight thirty five. We're going to be right here, four four nine East thirty fifth Street. Now, I've had a couple of book discussions, and uh, they went. Very well. They were very well received. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I do have another book discussion coming up right in that same week, which I'm hoping that all the participants from the other two discussions come to the book uh, video recording. The next book discussion will be at King Library Branch, the King Library Branch, which is right here at 30. 5th and King Drive, 3436 South King Drive. Uh, We have a meeting room there, and that's on the 26th between 2.30 p.m. and 4 p.m. Now, the last time we had a discussion, we uh, we went past the time, number one. I set it up so that we we would have three questions for discussion, and we did not get past the first question. And so I was very excited, very excited about the reception and what's and what's going on. So I hope that you will either attend the the book discussion at the King Library on the 26th from 2:30 p.m. to 4 p.m. or Saturday the video recording of your answers to the tough questions. And just want to take a moment. <clears throat> I know my voice is going in and out. This is. You listen to CBB on a Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonya Purdue, your host for this evening. Our call in number is 347-326-9477. This is where you tell us about your vision. This is where you tell us what it is that you do. What is, what is your outlook? What's your strategy for 2011? This is all about our Chicago's Black Business Network members, and you're welcome to call in as well. And you're welcome to come over there with us and be a part of all that we do. Want to read? Let me read. Just pick um, 
anything. I'm just going to pick one of the tough questions. This is tough question number 21. Do you suspect that most men and women who have spent time in the prison system have engaged in homosexual activity? Are boys who wear safety pants displaying homosexual tendencies? Homosexuality in the black community, where does it fit or does it fit? That's just one of the tough questions. There are 82 tough questions in the book. The poem that you heard, Generations, uh, write during the break, that is one of the poems in the book, Generations. Also, there are a couple of stories in the book. There's a story in the book as to how the book came about and uh, a couple of more stories as I reference who my heroes are. Let's do another tough question so that you can get prepared for Saturday the 29th. The question, tough question number 52. The failures of the black child in the educational system are the responsibility or fault of whom? The educators, the parents. If we take credit for the successes, why should we not take responsibility for the failures? That's tough question number 52. And I'll do, I'll do one more. Tough question number 33. Can you attend an all-white event and not be distracted by the fact that everyone else is white? Are you comfortable with whites in so-called black venues, i.e. blues festivals and so forth? And why not do one more? Question number 15. Tough question number 15. 50 million dead. 50 million dead. Reportedly, 37% of all abortions are performed on black women. Our silence on the mass murder of approximately 15 million babies since 1973 is deafening. Where is the outrage? And that was one of the questions in the discussion, in uh, one of the last discussions over at Avalon Library. Um, had someone in the office yesterday, the money coach, Thank you, Money Coach. Money Coach purchased some books. Really appreciate you. And I'm going to tell you which question the Money Coach answered. And if you uh, pick up your issue of the South Street Journal this week, you'll see his response. Excuse me. I am losing my voice, but I'm not going to stop. Question number 18. What does freedom mean to you? Free to do what? Are you free? What do you do with your freedom? What would you do if that freedom was taken away from you? And uh, the money coach read that. What would you do if the freedom, if that freedom was taken away from you and purchased two books? Appreciate that. Because he had to go and think about that a little bit more, didn't he? I really appreciate that. You listen to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Perdue. Our call in number is 347-326-9477, This show is designed for our members, so we want you to call in. If you're listening out there, CBBN members, call in. We're going to take a short break. The Consumer Story is next at 7.30 p.m. with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil. This evening's discussion will be mortgage foreclosures. So if you have questions about mortgages, about your current mortgage, if you're going through a foreclosure, or if you know someone who is having problems or issues and they need to talk to someone, come get it straight from Derek McNeil. We'll be right back with you right after this break. 
That was the sex preacher. You listen to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Purdue, your host for this evening. If you don't know the sex preacher, he's over there with the mercy of Temple Association. You should know the sex preacher. He does a lot in the community, just overwhelming. That's because sometimes people, we're not doing anything. So the burden gets so heavy for us because of all the things that need to be done. The, he has the Everything Black store over there on East 79th Street, like in the 2200 block of East 79th Street. Everything Black store, everything is manufactured by people of color. The people look, they look just like you and me. Stop over there to the Everything Black store. The uh, Mercy, of Temple, Mercy of Temple Association has a lot of great programs going on. If you come over to Chicago's Black Business Network.com, he is a member if you look at Facebook, sex and do a search for sex preacher, you'll find him out there. He's out there uh, supporting Doc for uh, his bid for mayor. Now, I want to remind you of the job fair on the 25th. Let me find my notes. And that's with Stanley Martin's organization. The last job fair, they had some really – I don't have a list of all the organizations who will be there – but it's my understanding that there was quite a large organization there who demonstrated or indicated that they wanted to hire over 100 people. And I'm hoping that he will have that same company at this job fair. Now, the job fair, community resource and job fair, because there will be other things there and uh, other people there. You could also, if you are an employer, or if you are a nonprofit organization, a resource for the community, you may also wish to have a table at that event. You can reach Stanley, 708-362-3125, and I'm going to give you the information again after I give his number, 708-362-3125. That's a community resource and job fair with ETS events, and in conjunction with South Street Journal, that's January 25th, looking at my calendar, that is a Tuesday, from 10 a.m. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Bond Elementary School, 7050 South May. I believe I posted that in the chat room, 7050 South May. Call a friend while you're on the phone, yeah, 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 about all the unimportant stuff. Tell them about the job fair. Let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. I'd really love to hear your feedback about the tough questions. If not now, anytime, you can go to my Blog Talk Radio, my uh, Blog Talk Radio page and leave a comment in the comment section. You can go to Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, and you can leave a comment there on our blog regarding the tough questions. You can come over to YouTube, Black America Answers. You can answer the questions to the you can answer the tough questions. And we're gonna have even more vehicles for you to come out and be a part of all that we do. Want to share with you that once again we're gonna be doing a video recording of the tough questions on January 29th, right here at 449 East 35th Street from 2.30 to 4.30, but you will need to make a reservation to come over 
and video record your answers to the tough questions. There are 82 tough questions in the book, okay? So we want to want to be sure that uh, we give everybody a fair amount of time to come on in and answer the tough questions. We do have a caller on the line. We're going to go to area code 773, last four digits, 4044. Welcome to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. Who's on the line? Hello? Bad connection. I guess they were practicing with the buttons because they ran. Uh, it is kind of frightening. I frighten people before they're sitting there just listening, playing with the buttons, pushing the buttons. And then when we, when I let them on the air, some kind of way the volume changes, the whole spectrum of what they're hearing changes, and it kind of jumps out at the phone at them. They ran and jumped. I know your telephone number. I want to know who that was. Uh, pressed the number one and then ran out the room and ran out the switchboard. Get scared. I know. I understand perfectly. I understand perfectly. It's okay. But this is about the members of CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. It's all about them. It's all about sharing what you do. I say to my members all the time, and people are busy. People are multitasking like it's crazy. They have the children. They have the the job. Then they have their business. Or if you are a business owner, you know for yourself that being a business owner, it's almost a 24-hour-a-day job. And I say almost a 24-hour-a-day job because when you lay down and go to sleep, you're dreaming about what you're doing anyway. You're inventing and creating in your sleep, and you know you do it. I'm not the only one that does it. I wake up and I uh, get refreshed and renewed. I hope I have a little downtime when I'm asleep, and I come up with something else I'm going to do that's going to add some more hours to my time. I do it all the time, but I, lo- I love to do it. It's called creating, and that's what we do, and that's why we're here. I really truly, truly believe that's what we're here to do, to be stagnated and not to grow. To me, it's almost akin to being dead. I think we are here to create continuously to be productive, continuously to create, continuously to bring ideas, images, visions from our spiritual and mental realm into the physical realm. I really do think that's why we've been given the facilities and the abilities that we have to do that. And I think when you do less than that, it's a failure to yourself, not to society, not to anyone else, not to anything else. I think it's a failure to you when you don't utilize your abilities. And uh, I always share with my members and with my listeners, and I'll share it this evening, that I was not a radio producer, but you know I'm calling myself an executive producer now because I can do that, and you can too. I'm an executive radio producer. <laughs> I love it. And uh, and I was no radio producer or radio host or any of those things for the first 50-some years of my life, but one day I pushed the button and here we go, and that's how you do it. It says right on the blog talk page, push the button. Well, I'm not sure if it says push the button, but would you like your own radio show? And that's how you do it. I was not uh, a part, I was part of social networks, had to learn how to be part of social networks because I thought it was about fighting, scrapping, and and fussing because I was out there with them fighting, scrapping, and fussing. But um, I went to a name site and it says, 
push the button. I'm just using that as a paraphrase. Push the button if you want your own name site. I push the button. Today, Chicago's Black Business Network has over 700 members. Now, we know some are actors, some are not, some belong to hundreds, some belong to who knows? Somebody told me they had a, belonged to a thousand websites. I don't know, but uh, I'm not sure how they find the time. They're probably not active on most of them. But I do know, I do know one thing. I do know one thing. We had a networking event on that was January the 7th, and my members came out. Um, we had like 27 people over here, and it was quality networking. It was great networking, um, and we had a great time. And, you know, the, I got some – the feedback was great, and I look forward to uh, doing that again. We are going to do it again, and we're going to continue to do it, and we're going to do it at, in different venues, and we're going to connect with different organizations uh, to present these networking events because it's not all about us. I sent out an email today to my um, members and asked if they wanted to join in and network with us. Uh, South Street Journal, you know, let us use the facilities. So we're going to bring a few more people in and uh, pull our little dollars and, and make it an even bigger networking event. We can do that. It's called collaboration, people, and that's what we need to do. You find I walk into so many environments, that people are so afraid that somebody's going to take that little crumb off the table they got. Uh, we were talking today, uh, someone's going to take that little client over there they got. Clients and people have choices about who they want to do business with, and yes, someone will come along who has a better, greater, bigger mousetrap or pretends they do or walk the walk like they do or talk it or sell it better than you do and take your clients from you. But one thing about it, you shouldn't have just one client. One thing about it, how many millions of people are there in America? You can't find but one client? You can't find but one person to do business with? There are millions of people in America. You need to quit looking down the same street, walking down the same, the same block. You'll find some more people out there who are interested in what you are doing who are interested in what you are doing. We don't have to keep fighting over the crumbs. We do not have to be fighting over the crumbs, the little bitty money. There's just too much of it out here and too much to do. So I'm all about collaboration, all about that, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to collaborate with some other organizations, Chicago's Black Business Network and South Street Journal, and we're going to move through the city growing and doing different events because it can be done, and it can be done without the arguing, the fighting, the pettiness, the jealousy because it's just not going to happen. We can make it work. We had a we had a great time over here on the seventh. These people were serious, and that's what I like, and that's what I like to be about. I want to thank you for joining me this evening on CBB on Blog Talk Radio. I think my members um, was five minutes. Let me see, I have five minutes for the show. I have one caller here. If you know, call. I'm gonna give you two minutes on the line. Two minutes. Welcome to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. Who's on the line? See, they got frightened, too. You know what they're doing? They're pushing the number one. Now, they're following instructions. They're pushing the number one button, 
which says if you want to come on the air, pushing the number one, and then they're walking around to where doing something else. It happens all the time. But, you know, we appreciate everyone who's listening. I appreciate having the opportunity to even talk about myself for uh, for. A little while. I really, I really do appreciate that to talk about my book, and I really look forward to seeing you here on the 29th to answer the tough questions. Now, next week we want you. Well, this week Thursday we still have another show Thursday. That's Black Wall Street USA. We want you to tune into that show at 7 p.m. Rod Sawyer, who is running for the sixth ward, Alderman for the sixth ward, will be one of our guests. Um, we anticipate some more candidates for office being on that show, and we'll announce that as we go. Also, don't forget to le- listen to Keisha Nicole on Monday. That's 3.30 to 4.30 for Check Out Chicago. And one of the things for all you actors and all of you um, People in the entertainment industry, there's, all, there's more than actors in the entertainment industry. For all of you, you should Listen to Keisha's show. She's going to start feeding audition and opportunities uh, for you out there. Uh, Every week she's going to share some different opportunities, some different things going on with you out there. So please tune in to next Tuesday, also next Tuesday, to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. And we want you to stay tuned. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. The Consumer Show with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil will be right up with you. Thank you so much. This is Sonya Purdue. We appreciate you. You're listening to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. This is where Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com members come to share their business ventures and visions with you, the Blog Talk Radio audience and the world. Join us every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. right here at BlogTalkRadio.com slash cbbn the consumer show is up next at 7:30 p.m hosted by attorney and cpa Derek mcneil this is where we answer your real estate and banking questions address your concerns about your consumer protection rights and speaking of your rights do you have questions about your legal and political rights then you should be here every tuesday evening at 7:30 p.m right here on cbbn on blog talk radio our call-in number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. We'll be right back with Derek McNeil and the Consumer Show right after this break. I got my mind made up, ain't nothing gonna stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. Oh, I'm feeling good. But the reason for all this energy is because I feed off the power of faith, optimism, and positivity. And in case you didn't know it, the fun has started. And all efforts to maintain it cannot be done half-hearted. Now recognize... They say time flies when you're having fun, but I say the more time you got for fun, the less time flies. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing, the flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening, and I'm feeling good. Ain't nothing gonna stop me from feeling this way, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. 
waiting for this smile on my face and why I appreciate every breath It's because I'm surrounded by a lot of love and respect Plus I realize the more we appreciate, the more we get back And that's not theory, it's fact But you want to know the real reason why I'm just grinning and cheesing? It's simply because I'm still breathing The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening And I'm feeling good, my mind made up, ain't nothing going to But the real reason I'm excited is because I recognize negativity and know exactly how to fight it. Plus, it's by my conscience in which I am guided. I am way too blessed to be stressed. For me, nothing is impossible. I am too reluctant to succumb to the pressures of worldly obstacles. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good. And my mind made up, ain't nothing going to stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing. And I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good. I've been rewarded with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. And I'm feeling good. A great day to be alive with this life never felt so great. CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Purdue. Coming up is the Consumer Show with Derek McNeil. This is where we can answer all of your questions regarding your mortgages, business law, political, and legal rights. Let's bring our host for the evening, Mr. Derek McNeil, on the air. Derek, how are you this evening? I'm just fine. How are you, Sonia? Doing great, Derek. Doing great. What can we look Very forward good. to this evening, Derek? What we're going to be talking about this evening is mortgage foreclosure and some of the rights that both the homeowner would have as well as uh, the tenants now have under a relatively new Illinois law. So I'd like to begin. I have a, another one of my fact sheets and it's entitled 10 Facts on Mortgage Foreclosure. Beginning number one, treat your first letter from your lender seriously. Call or write them back. So, Sonia, as you are aware of being a former mortgage uh, person, uh, and I don't know if you're still involved in mortgages, but that's where we originally know each other from. But once a lender mails a letter to a homeowner, they kind of mean business. So, one of the techniques that the homeowner can employ is and should employ is by writing the lender a letter 
that letter could contain, uh, I may have fallen behind due to XYZ circumstances. I plan to uh, make up my total amount owed by the 1st of, say, February. And that's all that letter needs to contain if you don't want to respond to some of these harassing phone calls that often the lender will employ if um, you know if your mortgage payment is late or delinquent. So that's well, I'd like first. to know, when do they start sending those letters? I mean, if, if I miss my mortgage this month, which, what's the day? Is the 18th? When will they start sending me that letter? They, 30 days, 60 days? Uh, no, generally after them? after the fifteenth day, uh, they're going to start calling you. Then after the eighteenth or twentieth or so, they're going to mail you a relatively uh, nice letter saying that you may have overlooked or missed your mortgage payment. And then those letters get more serious as the uh, delinquency increases. Do you think that people? And in your experience, are they they ignoring that first letter? I mean, the first really serious letter. They know they're 30 days late. But are yes. they ignoring those letters? Is that where the problem comes in, first of all, no, the first problem? They're not necessarily ignoring the letter, but what has happened is their financial condition may have changed. For example, uh, I've talked to a lady who got robbed. And uh, she had a lot of her money with her as she got robbed. So, therefore, of course, that would make her have a difficulty in satisfying making her complete mortgage payment. However, she didn't communicate that to the mortgage company. So the mortgage company just continued to call and call and call and then write her a letter. And then I instructed her to write a letter to the mortgage company, which uh, worked out just fine for her. So that's okay. my first uh, point there regarding uh, if you are uh, in or about to become involved in a mortgage foreclosure. Secondly, what people should be aware of uh, is that in Illinois, it takes 8 to 12 months to foreclose on a principal residence. So it takes just about a year to foreclose on someone. And what we mean by foreclose is from the date you start receiving papers while the property is in court uh, to the date that they can set you out of the property. And so you should be aware of that and make appropriate plans therein. Um, and one of those plans that you can, that you need to be ascertaining is, number one, can I afford to keep the property? Or number two, am I going to walk away from the property and then number three, uh, or am I going to sell the property? So you need to be thinking about that while you uh, are determining, you know, why did I fall behind in my mortgage? Maybe I can't afford $2,000 a month. So that's that kind of is uh, another option. I'm sorry, say that again, Sonia. That's, that's a very difficult point for people to be in. At, that's, that's one of the most difficult points. For them to be in, do you think making that decision, oh, yeah. making those oh, yes. three decisions? I those know decisions that, uh, are, are are very critical. Uh, I guess is is my point for the consumer to sit back and ponder with their loved ones 
with their people who they trust because often I've saw people lose their property for a little bit or no money. And that's really horrible. Is it because they didn't know how to keep it or what steps they should take or how to negotiate? How did they lose it? All of the above, and I'm going to oh. come to in my next point, in fact. Uh, so my second point was that in Illinois, it takes 8 to 12 months to actually foreclose on your principal residence. So my third point, know your options as a homeowner, and let's talk about those options now. Uh, you have an option to possibly refinance the existing mortgage either with the current lender and or some other lender. That's one option. Uh, you have a possible option of a loan modification, which just means a change in the terms of the loan. It could be the interest rate. It could be the delinquent amount. They may put that on the back end of the loan, et cetera. Numerous strategies that can take place in a loan modification. Not very simple, though, and very, very time-consuming. These loan modifications aren't as easy as the news media tends to portray. Not so at now, all. I did for a very short period do modifications, a very short period. Um, and it was very trying. So for me, who who was a loan originator, from 2000 to 2007, so the average Joe or Jane or Mr. or Mrs. Jones trying to deal with the mortgage company on a modification is frustrating for them. It's very, it's very frustrating for them to get hung up. They don't receive the faxes. They don't return the calls. They don't understand what's happening. So it's very frustrating for them to go through that process. It's a very trying process for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you would point out how they don't receive the faxes, they don't return your calls, the games that these lenders play. And so that's what I'm here on the consumer show to kind of help and assist the consumer and give them the ability to fight back these big banks and insurance companies. So in any event, the loan modification was just one of our options. Um our next option, which uh, should be employed more often, and that is the sale of the residence. Sometimes a properly structured sale can allow a person to move out of a foreclosure into another property which might have been better or more suitable for that individual instead of just losing their entire equity and so forth that they may lose in a uh, traditional foreclosure. So the sale of the property is an option. Um, let's see here. We have uh, a deed in lieu of foreclosure, which is known as a friendly foreclosure. Now, with these deeds in lieu of foreclosure, two things. That means that we're going to take our deed over to the lender. We're going to say, listen here, lender, you don't need to hire a lawyer. Uh, we don't need to go to court. Uh, I'm willing to turn over my deed to you with none of those uh, headaches and expenses. So let's do this. Uh, you remove some of the delinquent payments 
off of my credit report and possibly provide me with five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars, and uh, we can make this all go away. And many of these uh, deeds in lieu of foreclosure are excellent ways of a homeowner to uh, negotiate and get from underneath the uh, foreclosures. And I've done about uh, seven of those in the last couple of years for people. That's interesting. That's interesting. So you ask and, them to remove some items and then give them some cash? Oh, yeah. You ask them to give them some Ooh. cash. Because that cash is basically for moving expenses. See, the lender realizes that uh, uh, the environment is not a favorable environment to banks to be evicting people and things like that. Plus, the eviction process has become so cumbersome cumbersome on uh, everybody. Eviction, evicting someone is not very easy. Oh, okay. Now, let, let me ask you one question. Um, I mean, I don't know what the foreclosure rate is in Illinois. It's still phenomenal. And, and is it, it's still going at the same rate. I don't know. Or if it's slowed down, I don't know. You can answer those questions because I'm wondering, is it slowed down? Has it settled down? Has basically everybody who's going to go through the foreclosure process gone through it or it's just not finished yet? You can answer those questions for me I mean, at the end of your 10 steps because I'd like to like to know where that's going. Is it still tumbling down, 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 down? But one of the things that I, I, I'd like to, you know, ask you in doing these things, these things are very important. Uh, how many people even call an attorney to do it? Well, that's going to be my my next point. So let me treat that ah. as I cover my final uh, one of the final. You have numerous options, but one of the final options that a person has is a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. And uh, what a Chapter 13 bankruptcy allows is for a uh, individual to go into court and have the the judge kind of modify. Their finances, not modifying your mortgage, but he's modifying your finances. So he takes all of your delinquent payments and spreads them over a period of time, such as a 36-month Chapter 13 plan, as they are called. Now, what does that do to the homeowner? That then makes the homeowner have, I teach, two mortgages. You have to pay you as the homeowner have to pay your existing mortgage, which let's say is $1,000. And let's say we owed $3,000, so we have a delinquency payment. And let's just say hypothetically that payment is $300, which includes all of our other debts and so forth. So now instead of our mortgage payment being $1,000 or our expenses being $1,000, we now have a $1,300 expense that we have off the top every month. So if I couldn't pay the 1000 not very probable that I'm going to be able to pay 1300 So about 85 to 90% of all Chapter 13 plans fail. So you hear all of these attorneys on television uh, with their ads about Chapter 13. Not a very effective strategy to use when you are in foreclosure, and that's proven by the statistics over the years. And I've had people go back and get more than one Chapter 13. Oh, my goodness. 
Yes, because they fails. get one of them dismissed. Yes, one of them falls, and, fails, and they go and redo it again. And they have to pay again, and they sell again. Correct. Good in every point. case, Excellent they, point, sell, in fact. they sell it again. So, yeah, I don't think that that's a very wise technique. Now, sometimes a Chapter 13 can be good, and this is an example. If you're going to go for because a Chapter 13 stops the foreclosure process in its tracks, okay? So if you're going to file that, you have to have already made up in your mind as well as on paper, how am I going to make this additional money that I need to make per month to meet my mortgage as well as my Chapter 13 payment plan? Because if you haven't decided that, the probability of you succeeding and keeping your home with the Chapter 13 plan uh, is not very great that you're going to keep the home. Absolutely. I understand. You're listening to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil, and we're talking about the 10 steps to foreclosures tonight, mortgage foreclosures, something that yes. you should hear about. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. You will need to press the number 1 if you have a question or a comment and like to speak to our host. Go ahead, Derek. Yes, now I'm going to move to my step number four. Uh, talk to a lawyer as soon as possible. Uh, most will consult with you for free. Do not take legal advice from your lender. So now, what type of lawyer are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about someone who is experienced with mortgage foreclosure defense, which there are not many lawyers who are familiar with mortgage foreclosure defense, uh, and we're definitely not talking about someone who generally is a bankruptcy-type uh, practitioner. So you want this person to be experienced with how many foreclosure cases have they handled, what type of defense are available. They want to review your original loan documents to see if there are any uh, defective or what are known as actionable items in the uh, initial uh, mortgage documents, and so forth. So you want to talk to somebody uh, as soon as you begin to realize that trouble is erupting to ascertain if you have any legal rights available to you as well as strategic uh, planning. You know, because some uh, lawyers will, in fact, tell you, you know, I think that you probably should just sell that place. Uh, I don't think that um, you're going to be able to keep your numbers just don't balance out to make this a good deal. So some of them, in fact, will inform you, let's uh, get rid of this piece of property. And there goes your so equity. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and there goes your, well, at times, sometimes you can make, with a with a sale, that sale is done properly, you might be able to make some money out of that uh, out of that property. In any but event, is there um, any way to do a proper sale in this environment? I mean, I guess it would depend on where you live in America. With the uh, all the praise values have dropped below. Well, I could I won't say absolute and all. When the praise values of property after property after property has dropped below the mortgage balance, how could you make anything out of something like that, Derek? Well, generally you are correct. However, there are 
um, there is a doctrine entitled a short sale, which may in fact allow you to sell your property for less than the amount that is actually owed on the mortgage. And that is entitled a short sale. Once again, not very easy to do or negotiate, but uh, properly they can become very effective. Is this a service that you provide? Short sales, I'll get involved, and I'll look over a deal and see if I can negotiate it for people and so forth. Uh, but as I'm as I'm indicating, with a short sale, uh, becomes a major headache. So let's talk about that. Is that a service I provide? What I tell the consumer, they're better off trying to negotiate this themselves and or hiring some type of consultant because the hourly rate that you're going to spend, um, because, see, I tell people all the time, it's better that you be put on hold than I be put on hold. Because I'm going to charge Absolutely. you for every minute that I'm on hold. Absolutely. I understand. Yeah. So I thought I would share that with you. So moving along to my fifth point on um, ten facts on mortgage foreclosure. Number five. Once a case has been filed, respond to all filings as soon as possible uh, and look out and watch out for the dates. In the law business, we call that calendaring. So you want to read the correspondence that the sheriff may bring out to you or you may receive in the mail. You want to review that and see when do you need to respond by. You want to make sure that you meet those responses known as an answer. You want to fill out an answer. And in that answer, it can be a very simple answer, and that answer can buy you additional time. And that's what we're looking for in foreclosure. So that answer can be as simple as the words, I deny all allegations contained in the said complaint. Once you insert those few words, that will buy you just about two to three months of time with the lender's attorney responding to your response. <laughs> now, a huge amount of cases in Cook County, uh, the homeowner never files an answer, so they automatically give up three months or so, two to three months, on their length of time that the foreclosure would take. I guess. I get you, but these are things that they don't know, and I don't even know. I think that most of them try to do this on their own, but so they don't know. I think they just write it out. Is that what they're doing, Derek? Yes. A lot of people don't they, know, and they figure uh, not knowing means don't respond, don't read my mail, and don't answer my phone. Instead of them being proactive, right? Mm -hmm. instead of the consumer being proactive, going down to the daily center, speaking with the various clerks, going in and sitting in a, a foreclosure uh, hearing with the court and the judges and so forth, talking to two or three uh, lawyers, a bankruptcy lawyer, foreclosure defense lawyer, a couple of real estate agents, etc. That's being proactive, buying a book, reading various newspaper articles, etc. I got you. What right, other so tips do you have for us? I'm going to move on to um, my number six, ten facts on mortgage foreclosure. Number six, 
try to negotiate a short sale with the lender. This is kind of what we talked about a moment ago. On occasion, lenders will accept less than the amount owed on the mortgage. So you hear a lot of the term now, a lot of people bantering the term underwater, and uh, meaning that the loan is worth more than the house is worth. And uh, so what do you do as a homeowner in those circumstances? So in that circumstance, you may try to negotiate a short sale where the lender will hire a real estate broker, and that real estate broker will deliver to the lender um, like a CMA or a competitive market analysis or broker's price opinion as to the uh, most recent, the three most recent sale properties within an X amount of uh, your neighborhood and your block, what they sold for, how long they were on the market, et cetera. And then the lender will evaluate that to determine what they will accept as a short sale compared to what you owe on the mortgage. Another proactive way of fighting these lenders. So moving forth, um, number seven, I believe we've talked about the short sale and so forth. The bankruptcy, let's come back to that for just a moment. Number seven, uh, bankruptcy will stop the foreclosure case. Uh, Chapter 13 is a type of forced repayment plan. A bankruptcy can be filed any time before the foreclosure sale. This should be your last option not your first. So that goes back into the uh, Chapter 13, Sonia, and what the uh, homeowner and consumer uh, might wish to review in uh, electing to file bankruptcy. And so bankruptcy should be the last choice? Bankruptcy probably should be the last choice because of the failure rate. Generally, when you file that Chapter 13, generally you're still going to lose your home. That's what the statistics say. Very few people who have filed the Chapter 13s have come out in a successful way in keeping their homes. About an 85 90% uh, dismissal rate of uh, Chapter 13 plans. Because if you were in trouble in the beginning, it really isn't changing anything. It's just moving your debt around or... Is it removing any debt? Because on the 13th, they're not removing it. You can Are you negotiating Correct. some of it down? Correct. You're, <laughs> you're negotiating some of your debts down. However, you're still going to have two payments to make, and that's the issue that you as the consumer have to be concerned with. You're going to have to make that current mortgage payment as well as that trustee or Chapter 13 payment. So there lies the difficulty. And the mortgage was the problem in the first place. And it's still the problem that you have because in in looking at it, uh, what was happening, Derek, is that those adjustable mortgages, it wasn't only adjustable mortgages that was a problem, but those adjustable mortgages adjusted and your mortgage payment was higher than you could ever afford anyway. 
So, therefore, if you're paying a mortgage you cannot afford on top of your no, debt, you still have the problem. I tend, to, I tend to disagree with you there. I think that that's the media's portrayal, and I don't think that's the case. Let me tell you what I believe has been the case, and I've been saying this for about the last five years or more. Overinflated property values, unrealistic property values is what created these problems. That's what led to the adjustable rate mortgages. That's what led to the various buy-downs and so forth, not because the banks pushed them, but because the market, the homeowners, the investors pushed home and property prices to unrealistic levels. You had two flats going for, selling for $250,000 that were not worth anywhere near what the value that the people were selling the property for. So you as the buyer, you were buying what the old people used to call an alligator. And what yeah. will an alligator do to you? He will eat <laughs> you alive. Yes, absolutely. And I can agree so, with that. I can agree with that on with you on that. That it's I I I look at it at both sides. Okay, so you got an alligator number one, an overinflated mortgage, overinflated value, and you got a uh, you got adjustable mortgage. So then you bid twice. Correct. And then and, and then uh, so the bank has made money. Now let's talk about that for a moment if you don't mind. The bank has made money and then uh the banks have gotten this bailout, this one trillion dollars that these various financial institutions have been given. Now, in so this bailout uh, in the legislation, there was no requirement that the banks modify the loans, that the banks uh, even loan the money that they received. So banks tightened up their lending requirements where very few people nowadays can get a loan. That's number one. Uh, and the banks received all of this money from President Obama. And uh, secondly, the banks have all of these properties and as you indicated, you call the bank, you, you can't reach the person who handles the property, you fax the person who uh, is allegedly handling the property, they never receive your fax, you email them, they ask you to email them, you email them, they never receive your email, you can go on and on and on and on. So while you drive down the average building, and your listeners are aware of this, the average block, rather, drive down or walk down the average block, you see three or more boarded-up buildings on just about every block in America. Absolutely. And so th that's the horrible reality of the situation where the consumer is. So I tell people, watch out who you bank with, analyze your bank, uh, get on some of these committees, find out if your bank is lending in your neighborhood. Those are very important criteria for you to establish if you want to continue a banking relationship uh, with this particular business. And that's going to be one of my upcoming shows. I'm going to talk about how to evaluate a bank, how to determine if they have a 
what their Community Reinvestment Act rating is, how many loans have they given in your neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera, what their fees are, so forth. That's a very important issue. You listen to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio with the Consumer Show. Our host this evening is attorney and CPA Derek McNeil, and he's discussing the 10 steps uh, regarding mortgage foreclosures. Our call in number is 347-326-9477, and I'm Derek's co-host for this evening. I think that uh, – what step are you on now, Derek? I am on uh, step number eight. Okay. And in that step, we're going to talk about the redemption process for if and how a homeowner can begin to redeem their property. Uh, redemption is the act of paying off the delinquent loan. You may have the right to pay off the loan during, strike that, you have the right to pay off the loan during the redemption period, which for residential property in Illinois expires seven months that's seven months after the date of service of the complaint or three months from the date the judgment of foreclosure is entered, whichever is later. The redemption period must expire prior to a foreclosure sale. Redemption usually occurs through the refinancing of the property, through a gift from a family member, uh, and or the sale of the property whereby you would be redeeming the mortgage but getting rid of the property. And so that's the process of redemption. So we're dealing with, you know, just some real estate law terms that, that once again, the homeowner and consumer should be familiar with. Okay. So I'd like to move into my step number nine, which is one of my favorite steps to talk about, uh, at this point, um, generally the foreclosure process works like this, step number nine. After three missed payments, the loan is sent to the lender's attorney, okay? And that's generally where your funny business begins, okay? Because you have uh, the prosecutors of the foreclosure complaint. Watch out for the attorney's fees. Ask the lender or the court for an accounting of the lender's attorney's fees. Now, that's very significant. Let me explain. Uh, in our previous example, our mortgage payment was $1,000 a month, hypothetically. We missed three payments, uh, so we owe $3,000 plus some late fees, uh, so we would imagine. We get a letter from a law firm that says you are now due and owing this office who represents such and such, such, such lender, you now owe us $11,840, okay? And they just received your file yesterday. So now, you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, now if you just got the case yesterday, what kind of work did you do on the case that brought my fees up from 3000 and change all the way to 11000 And so this is the step where most people lose their home once the uh, file is referred to the lender's attorney. Now, these legal fees are often illegal and overcharging, but it takes the homeowner a 
homeowner's counsel or accountant to go into court and say, um, we want to dispute these uh, attorney's fees that seem to have popped up in less than a week of uh, five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000. We'd like to know what work was performed, who performed the work, how many hours did they spend on the work, and what did they do? And you have that right, and that's known as an accounting for attorney's fees. Once you generally, you meaning the homeowner, generally ask for that accounting, you're going to find that those attorney's fees either diminished and or disappear. Mm, that is a shocker right there. Another racket, huh? Uh, oh, yeah. Sort of getting you, getting you on the back end. Oh, my god. Getting goodness. you on the back end, which they know you aren't going to really protest. So the lender is going to pay the law firm's fees uh, because you generally are not going to redeem the property, and that's what but those fees cannot be. Wow. Those fees can't be stood on. <laughs> wow! Don't you find that very, very interesting? So that's a dynamite I, I tip, do. consumers. I do find that very interesting. So this is this is what I see. Well, I see a little bit more than that. So. Um, and I was in this industry. So people made commission. The banks made money, uh, interest off the loans when everything was going hunky-dory. Uh, all this billions and billions and billions of dollars was floating around, floating around, floating around. So now foreclosure. So uh, foreclosure, I mean the the bubble bust, as they call it. So then the banks get billions of more dollars uh, from the federal government, and to help it along, the attorneys get billions of more dollars in this in this game, and now they won't give loans to the consumers, and they own all the houses. Uh, wow, this is a hell of a game. Just get ready to start up again and start over again as they do it again. Absolutely. So what we are going to have to be on standby for, particularly for black neighborhoods, uh, particularly here in Chicago, is who's going to be the buyer of these properties, and uh, so it's going to be important to form block reform block clubs and uh, watch out for these landlords and these absentee owners and people who really don't care about your community. So that's going to be uh, important, and this is going to affect you. I guess is what I'm trying to convey. This is going to affect you either directly or indirectly, one way or the other. It's going to affect all of us very directly when uh, people who have money, and they do, can go in and buy $10,000 and $20,000 properties and hold on to it because they have the money and start the real estate cycle up again because it is a cycle. Um, I looked at one house in Inglewood, which I refinanced. Couldn't, couldn't stop her. Couldn't stop her from doing it. I'm going to tell a story. Couldn't stop her from doing it. Uh a house that had been left to her by her parents, a two-unit. Refinanced, a very tiny little mortgage on it. Refinanced it again. Uh, eventually, they said the property was worth like 290000 You know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. But that's what they were going for. Somebody was moving into Inglewood buying properties. Uh, the CMAs were there. The market analysis was there for this to be done. So... Of course, filed bankruptcy, 
filed bankruptcy again, consistently staying in trouble. I begged her. I told her. I begged her. I begged her. Sell this property. Sell it, sell it, sell it. She still had over $100,000 in equity in it. She hadn't eaten it all up. Would not sell the property. Fighting hard to keep something that she could not afford. That's the emotional part of it that you didn't talk. You, you mentioned it, but the emotional I, I, that's part That's my of tenth it, point. That's that's my that's, oh, that's point. Your tenth point. <laughs> ah, that's your tenth point. Okay, I'm gonna after I tell the story, I'm gonna let you talk about the emotional, the emotional part of it. She she would not walk away from it. She would not walk away from it until there was nothing for her to walk away from, and she had to move. Now, when they did the last uh, appraisal, I mean, she fought. She camped out. She fought. I mean, she almost went to jail over this property. She refused to move out of this property. The last appraisal for that property was like $35,000, something like that, a two-unit over there, uh, whereas I – I'd seen the appraisal for 270 or 280, 290, whatever it was, in 07. I saw it, okay? Uh, I did not want to do that loan in 07. I absolutely did not want to do the loan. I sent her everywhere <laughs> to do the loan. I do hard loans. I did not want to do that loan. I did not want to do it. I sent her everywhere, anywhere. Go over there. Go over there to get it done. They couldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. You know, I did it. Otherwise, she would have lost it there. She wouldn't have been there from 07 to to 2010, okay? It was going to happen anyway. Eventually, on the cycle she was on, it was going to happen anyway. But she walked, she left out that house without that equity. She left out that house without that equity. And her, her story is no different. Her story is no different from thousands upon thousands upon thousands of other stories, the same story over and over and over again. When I stepped out of the business in 07, I did my last loan in 2007, December. Um, did my last loan, and people were just calling, 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 calling. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what you do. You cannot get refinanced. And, and, Derek, I want to say, and I've said this before, they want to blame it on the mortgage broker, the loan officer, and all these people. I am very thorough with these people. Some people I just say, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. You think they care about doing it? They did it. They know they can't afford the house. You know, you need to add up your utilities. You need not, and this is the one thing I did, Derek, and I'm going to let you go to point 10. Repeat it, I would say to all of my people, all of my people I did a loan for do not go out and buy new furniture and car. Do not add any bills to what you are doing. So what do you think that they did? Added bills. When I brought BMWs or anything else they could find, you know, that they could get on in their little paws. Repeatedly, don't go out and do that. Don't do that. So they repeatedly, I hope they enjoyed it. I hope it was a good life for them. And I hope they did it without regret. But they did it repeatedly. They added to they added to that mortgage these car notes those furniture bills these fur coats these vacations they added added that and when they went in foreclosure they had nothing they had nothing but let's talk about the emotional part that's number ten you listen to Derek right. O'Neill on the consumer story go ahead Derek yes Sonia before I go into uh, the emotional aspect I think I'll use that to close on but before I go into that I want to talk about professionals in the real estate industry and what's happening there. 
Uh, first of all, beginning with real estate in Illinois. Illinois has recently passed a law abolishing the salesperson license. So now to be an entry-level representative in real estate, you must now become a broker. Now, very few people in our community has been informed of this that are in the industry. So that's the first thing. Um, and the state passed all of this while the real estate industry was in chaos and so forth. So who knows why this got passed and how it got passed. The few uh, black members of the legislature that I have spoken to uh, did not seem to know anything, and some of them were in real estate. I'm like, well, why aren't they keeping up? Because this is going to uh, reduce severely the number of people who are going to be able to represent you as you are acquiring property. And that's a very powerful right. That's one of the most powerful rights that you have as an American, the ability to acquire property. So in any event, uh, you're going to have to be a broker uh, to sell property in Illinois. And then if you manage an office, uh, you're going to need to have a managing broker's license. So they're tightening up the licensing requirement beyond any imaginable uh, level so forth. In any event, I guess I just want to plug, uh, I'm going to be giving some review classes so any of your uh, listeners to the previous show and for associates I'm going to be giving some classes a uh, person can feel free to call me to take my review course to transition their license either from salesperson to broker or broker to managing broker so they can feel free to give me a call at uh, 773 924 4044 Again, 9244044. So I just wanted to talk about the real estate license for a second. Now, to the mortgage license. A lot of the new laws has been are out to destroy the mortgage broker. And now just what is a mortgage broker? A mortgage broker is an intermediary. They will take a consumer and place their loan with the actual lending institution, whether that be a bank or a mortgage company. That's basically, and the mortgage broker gets paid for such placement. So now uh, Congress and the Illinois legislature has passed all of these licensing acts and exams, and uh, they have a new law, the National Safe Act, which requires all mortgage brokers to be registered with a federal agency and so forth. Now, but guess what in that law? Guess who is exempt from taking any licensing test, from having any registration, et cetera? National bank, bank employees. Mm -hmm. And that's who they're trying to steer consumers to. So as I go out and people boo me, I tell them that if these banks would have been lending from the beginning, we never would have needed mortgage brokers. And that's what people do not seem to have been able to grasp. So every day they're passing a new law or some regulation to uh, restrict brokering of mortgages in the United States. Absolutely. That's, that's by design. That's where, that's where it's been going all the time. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I wanted to share that. So now uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, my point number 10 uh, on my 10 facts on mortgage foreclosure. You know what I'm going to do, Sonia? I'm going to provide you several of these, and we can post them on the CBBN uh, website. Okay, that would be uh, great. All right, very good. Uh, number 10, don't become emotionally attached to any property. A sale, if done properly, may allow you to acquire another property of like or similar kind and even maybe superior kind in the right market. So once you get into real estate, you have to understand the more emotionally you get attached to it, oh, my kids was raised here or I married my first husband here or whatever, that's the way that people don't get a dime for the property because they sink out all of their equity, all of the value, all of the resources that the property actually had to uh, offer. And that's horrible. And that's why it's called real estate, because real estate is supposed to build the homeowner and estate something to uh, something to live off on, something to pass away and dispose of how you see fit. So not anything to become emotionally attached to. Well, given the foreclosure rate, not anymore, but... Um... I was thinking just about the amount of equity of whether it was real or unreal or whatever it was, the amount of equity um, there was in homes and the, the number of people who during this, this maddening, uh, maddening refinance boom, as they want to call it, who – really did not need to refinance, who had paid, you know, almost paid their homes off, I know people, and pulled equity out of their property and, and, and don't have that property, had equity, had wealth, and didn't know, because of what you said, emotionally attached to it, how to sell that property, move into move up into another property, buy another property, invest it in order to keep the money that they have, whereas doing this maddening, and for some reason thought that refinancing it and taking twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars out of it was creating wealth for them, which it was not because the majority of people that I know have no idea what they did with the money. You can't spend twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars quickly, uh, believe it or not. You can spend it very quickly, go out and buy a truck, pay a cash for that and the other little things I saw. But um they really thought that they were building wealth when they put those checks for fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars in the bank. But they don't have any of it now. Uh so and they don't have the houses now. So now we're back and my question to you probably this last ten minutes, what can black America do or what can America do now? Because it's over with. That's done with. It's in the past. You've lost the house, it's over with. Where are they going now, Derek? Well, number one, black people are going to have to get more involved in advocacy. Uh, we're going to have to fight these financial institutions and members of Congress, these politicians, uh, because they have not advocated on your behalf. They have advocated against you. 
And so you have to name names, dates, times, and places. And then you as a voter, I'm going to have to determine why am I voting on this person? Why am I supporting this individual when they haven't laid out any plans to assist me in the basic necessities of living? And banking and bank lending is one of the basics that it takes for uh, a consumer to grow from because very few people have, you know, the kind of money in cash that it takes to buy a piece of property. Some do, but not not too many. So I guess those the point are, that I'm making. Those days ahead, are sorry. basically over. Those cash days are probably basically over. We do have one caller, and I, I want to take that caller. Caller from area code seven seven three four three one seven. You're on the air with Derek McNeil. Did you have a question? Yes, Mr. McNeil. How are you? Oh, just fine, thank you. And you? I'm good. I needed to find out if you are a renter and your landlord loses the building to foreclosure. What does that do to me as a renter? That's a great question. Uh, Illinois has passed a uh, law a couple of years ago that allows for tenants to have certain possessory rights after foreclosure. Now, one of the, in fact, I'm working on that today, believe it or not, um, one of the ways of asserting those rights is that the tenant must prove to the court that they either had a lease with the uh, previous landlord who was foreclosed on, and the, lend the lender must uh, acknowledge and respect the terms of that lease. That's number one. Number two, the tenant also has to be given proper notice for eviction. So in other words, just because the landlord has been foreclosed on and lost his rights, now then we as the lender or the lender's attorney, we have to now prosecute each tenant for uh, eviction just as any other eviction would take place. In other words, we have to give them appropriate notice. We have to have a hearing in court. We have to allow the tenant to explain that uh, he'd like to stay at the apartment, he'd like to try to pay rent, and the, the lender and or their agent has to explain, uh, you know, their side and so forth, and the judge makes the final determination. So it allows the tenant to a voice to be heard, which up until this point never has been heard, because once the landlord lost the building, the lender would generally send out a board-up crew, and that was it, but no more under the new Illinois law. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you very much for a very intelligent question. Have a good so, Sonia, I'm glad you brought that up because that uh, almost slipped my mind, and I definitely wanted to uh, talk about that uh, new law and how it affects tenants and how tenants should visit the Daily Center if you suspect that your building is in foreclosure. One of the things I advise tenants to do is uh, watch out for, for mail because you'll find if a building is in foreclosure, you'll find the landlord getting a lot of these postcards. We will bail you out of foreclosure. We, and you get a lot of them. So every day they'll be getting something about foreclosure. So you as a tenant, that should key you in. Hmm, why are we getting so many of these postcards here talking about foreclosure or bankruptcy? And go down to the Daily Center on the eighth floor and make inquiry. And they have special um, special assistance now just to talk to uh 
people who are in foreclosure, whether that be the landlord and or the tenant of the building. Great. You're listening to the consumer story uh, with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil. And in the last three minutes, I just I just want to uh, make one statement, and maybe you can check this out. I think HUD has has made an offer to those who are being evicted, and I'm not sure about this because it's been months since I saw this. Made some type of offer to those who are being evicted out of uh, HUD. Properties that had a hug mortgage to assist them with their moving costs. I'm not entirely sure about that because it's been like a year since I saw that statement on the website. But maybe that's something we can check out also, Jerry. Yes, I, I would be happy to look into that and deliver a report to the listeners regarding uh, HUD's payment of moving and other expenses. I'm vaguely familiar with that as well, but no facts could I cite. And I don't right. come with no facts. So when I come, I I'm going to come with facts. So, you know, we'll look it up and get back with you. Great. Okay, in the last two minutes, can you tell them again about your upcoming uh, class and how they can get in contact with you? Yes, thank you. My upcoming review class is for professionals who are involved in the real estate industry that will need to, tra that must transition their license. Uh, my upcoming review is uh, January 29th, so for further information, a person can feel free to contact me at 773-924-4044, And, Sonia, let me just express to you how much I thoroughly enjoy the way we did this show tonight. So I'd like to keep up this, if you don't mind, because I think that this is the way to elicit and deliver information to uh, uh, consumers, especially in our community, and they need to hear what we've been saying tonight. They absolutely do need to hear this information, Derek, and that's one of the reasons that this type of show exists, and I appreciate you also. Also, I want the uh, listeners to know that the information regarding your uh, upcoming event, upcoming class, is posted on Chicago's Black Business Network dot com. It's in the event section. I posted it for you, Derek. I'm going to teach you how to well, do that. You. But I did post it, post it for you, and I will update it for this next one. Uh, it was at the last minute, but we're going to do that for you until you get the kick, get the uh, kinks out, and start doing it yourself. But no, that's what we're, we're here for, Derek, to give that type of support. So I'm going to let you close out your show, and we'll be back next week, boy. Well, let me just say thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to coming back. Some of our upcoming shows are going to be about banking, about mortgage foreclosure again, about starting a business, continuing your business enterprises, about IRS audits and income tax issues. So stay tuned for more of the Consumer Show with Derek McNeil. Thank you very much, Sonia. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Have a, have a great evening. <laughs>